we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello and welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts, Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. And if you experience unmarked cars following you around after listening to this episode, don't worry. Just go to your nearest 7-Eleven, purchase a slushie to arm yourself with. (laughs) (laughs) If you start to suspect invisible dwarves are watching you jerk off, it's not the meth that you just smoked. It's NCIS. They're after your ass for those night vision goggles your friend sold to Hell's Angels. That's right. Today we're talking about Camellio. (laughs) Hitting them hard right off the bat. (laughs) Fuck yeah, let's do this. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Camilio. Camilio is the true story of what happened in a seedy Southern California town when an enthusiastic and unrepentant heroin addict named Dion Fuller sheltered a U.S. Marine who had stolen night vision goggles and perhaps a few top secret files from a nearby military base. I'm already overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Dion found himself arrested for conspiring with international terrorists to smuggle top secret military equipment out (laughs) out of Camp Pendleton. The fact that Dion had... Nothing to do with international terrorists smuggling top secret military equipment or Camp Pendleton. He'd never been there. It didn't seem to bother NCIS agent Lita Johnson. That's sexy mix. (laughs) I'm imagining her as like the salt and pepper haired Patricia Arquette or like uh, Meryl Streep in the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she's sexy. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Dion, he gets released from jail after a six day long interrogation, after which... He believes himself to be under intense government scrutiny. He suspected that he was the subject of bizarre experimentation involving cloaking, electro-optical camouflage, invisibility cloaks. Oh, shit. Hallucinations? Perhaps. Except Robert Guffey, an English teacher and Dion's friend, tracked down and interviewed one of the scientists behind the project codenamed Camellio, who developed experimental technology which appears to have been stolen by the U.S. Department of Defense and deployed on American soil against innocent citizens. Okay. Are we ready? I, sure. Yeah, Yeah. we're ready. This, (laughs) is this a true story? This is a true story. Okay. (laughs) And this is based on Robert Guffey's book, Camellio. The bizarre but true story of invisible spies, homeland security, and heroin addiction. This is insane. It's fucking insane. I'm so ready. Yeah. I can't wait. I found this through a Reddit comment. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> Weird. I just, man, I've been, I've been scrounging for stories in Bibliotheca Pleiades. I got to get out of there. Yeah. Well, I also found that <laughs> Guffy has done a lot. He's been doing a lot of interviews lately and he has some other great books. Like he's a cool dude. He's totally up our alley in terms of like people. Word. And <laughs> <laughs> He's in the people alley. Nice. It's a, it's a decent alley to be in. All right. So we're going to pull our tarot card and then we will get right into it. Yes. 
I'm gonna cut it in half. And what do we have? We have the eight of coins. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Prudence, I believe, in the Thoth deck. Okay. Ah. <clears throat> okay. Got it. Yeah, it's like this guy at a workbench, and he's he's um, hammering out pentacles yeah. onto these coins. Yeah, yeah. And then hanging them up on a tree, and he's, you know, just a diligent little worker there. Yep. In, uh, in the Thoth deck, it's, uh, the card's name is, I believe it's Prudence. It's about... Um, Keeping your affairs sanely in order. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely a big, big theme in this episode. Diligence and meticulousness and uh, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So interesting. We'll uh, revisit that at the end. All right. So now let's get into the beginnings. The beginnings. Okay, that's it. That's all we need. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. And just keep in mind throughout this episode, is is there someone in your room watching you? Yes. There might be. There is. (laughs) (laughs) If I was invisible. We can see you through your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're watching you through your little phone camera. And you look good. Damn. You're looking real good. Put, Put that away. (laughs) (laughs) okay so the beginnings in summer of 2003 oh this is it's not that recent is it that's pretty recent i I feel like 2003 is recent even though it's i mean it's two decades ago but almost 20 years ago yeah dion fuller he's living in the pacific beach area of san diego he's got like a little drug den apartment that people were constantly coming and leaving from yeah yeah so of course like some kid named lee in his 20s stops by he's like hey gonna crash with you for a few days but dion doesn't give a shit that, like well, like people named lee or want to do it yeah dens. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> see dion recently caught his girlfriend jessica cheating on him oh. and after that Dion didn't give a shit what happened to him, around him. He just fucking spiraled. Uh, He crashed his bike into a building, broke his leg, lost his job. And that's when he started padding out his disability checks by selling drugs. And, you know, after that, it's just all downhill from there. So Dion's life is completely fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And, like, he probably should have cared a little bit about who was coming into his apartment because... Lee had recently gone AWOL from Camp Pendleton. Oh, no. The nearby Marine base. And what else had gone AWOL were 25 pairs of night vision goggles. Holy shit. A 9mm pistol taken from the body of a dead Iraqi general. Holy shit. A Department of Defense laptop. No. And an entire truck. Truck? A whole truck. A whole truck. Okay. Yeah. And some of these pairs of goggles had ended up in Dion's apartment, as did the laptop. Wow. Okay. Like, uh, recently... One of good friend of mine who's a like military buff. He was telling me about like why it's such a big deal that the Taliban has military night vision goggles now. Mm-hmm. Because those things are fucking crazy. Yeah. Like that's like some of the most like that's some of the tech they really give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Which like you might not Expect know. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just think, oh, night vision, <laughs> you could buy those at the fucking Mall Ninja store or whatever. No, you can't. Yeah. Like, this shit is crazy. Not the Camp Pendleton version. Not the Pendletons. No. So, like, of course, one day Lee opens up the laptop and Dion looks over and sees the DOD, 
logo on it and he's like what that, the fuck the last thing you want to see with a fucking needle in your arm <laughs> yeah so of course um leon refuses to leave with the stolen goods and not long after you get the knock 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 at the door and who's there oh who's Meryl there Streep. yeah a middle-aged woman just flashing her NCIS badge. She identifies herself as Special Agent Lita Johnson. There's like a group of men in black types <laughs> behind her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she lets them know that Dion and Lee were are getting arrested under suspicion of selling military equipment to Al-Qaeda. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dion's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, poor Dion. This is the last thing he needs right now. That's the last thing anybody needs. Yeah. So, oh like, God. here's a little bit of the interrogation. I'm going to be Lita. Okay. You can be, you can be Dion. All right. Who are you working for? Who do you answer to? Who gives you the orders? Listen, lady, I don't answer to anybody. I don't answer to anyone. I don't even know anyone. I have no social life. My girlfriend left me. And who the hell were all those people in your apartment when we arrested you? How the fuck should I know? They just live there from time to time. What are you, some sort of comedian? It's a fucking party house. What don't you understand about that? All kinds of riffraff run in and out of there. I barely know any of them. You expect us to believe that someone was living in your house with equipment stolen from a military base, but you weren't aware of it? I wasn't aware of it until about two seconds before you showed up on my doorstep. Then why didn't you let us in? You didn't have a search warrant. And then they just stare at him like he's crazy. <laughs> because, yeah, he wasn't letting them in at first. And he also... Good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so you don't party very much, do you? <laughs> and from the look on Lita's face, he knew the answer was no. <laughs> Yeah, she's just not getting it. I like this guy. Yeah. So he gets interrogated for six days. Um, he never sees a judge. Oh, he never, you know, nothing like that. And then he's also completely uncooperative the whole time because he's been in jail before and he has that whole like snitches get stitches mentality. So he, snitch. he won't say anything. So for six days, he's in there. Finally, he gets released. But his life does not go back to normal. Oh, no. In fact, the fun is... Just beginning. Oh, no. Yeah. Now we got to talk about Robert Guffey. Mr. Guffey. The author of this book. Because Dion didn't write it. You know, it's about him. But Robert wrote it. His bestie. His bestie. Yeah. So while Dion's in prison, bestie Robert Guffey, English teacher and absolute fucking nerd. Hell yeah. Is over in L.A. dealing with his insanely jealous poet girlfriend. <laughs> and on July 12th, 2003, which is my birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. Not my first birthday. My eighth birthday. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um, Robert was getting initiated into the third degree of masonry at the Torrance University Lodge, number 394. Yeah. And after the ceremony, he made sure to call his girlfriend and reassure her that he was still alive and no, they hadn't been sacrificing any babies. It was normal. It was good. Don't worry. Jesus. Because <laughs> she was worried. Oh. Then he called up Dion to let him know, hey, you know, I'm getting into the Freemasonry thing. Dion didn't answer. Uh-oh. For days. Robert keeps trying to call Dion in between petty arguments with his girlfriend who demanded they get married after having sex for the first time. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, he, he needs to vent. Yeah. Like, no, no luck getting through to Big D. And finally, 12 days later, Dion calls, tells Rob all about his crazy week, how relieved he was that NCIS had come to their senses and released him, and how annoyed he was that his entire apartment had been ransacked by every drug addict who knew where he lived. And fucking Robert's just like, you... You what now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yeah. I was just trying to. I got my third degree. 
Girlfriends kind of sucks, but... But wow. Dude. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. You found yourself a week. Yeah. So a few days later, they talk on the phone again. And this time, Dion sounds absolutely terrified. And of course, like, you know, Robert's seen Dion through a lot of ups and downs. He's no stable man by any means. But right. this was the scaredest he had ever heard him before. And right. he immediately assumes uh, this is some meth induced psychosis. <laughs> right. Uh, plus, like, Robert had other things to worry about, like his girlfriend lying about being on birth control. Holy shit. You know, he's, he's all wrapped up in his stuff. He, sounds like Robert's not in a, in a great situation either. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about this book is that, you know, it's about Dion's journey, but it's also about it's mostly Robert's story, too, because he's the one writing it and it's told through his lens because he's getting all these updates over the phone. Right. Right. He's right. like, what the fuck is happening to you now? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Huh? You know, <laughs> so Dion keeps calling There's still weird shit happening. Yeah. More by the day. There's people following him. He says military types, jarheads. Ah, but yeah. then normal people start doing it, too. They're oh, shit. parking outside his apartment and watching him. Oh, shit. Finally, Robert's like, hey, man, why don't you give me some of those license plate numbers? I have a friend at the DMV. I'll have him look them up. Let's see. None of the plates officially existed. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Oh, shit. So I have some clips of Robert talking about. Oh, OK. Some other incidents. Yeah, yeah. That Dion went through. This one is the slushy incident. Oh, well, you mentioned that earlier. A slush you'd arm yourself with. Yeah. Really, there's an incident I talk about in the book where he, uh, this one guy was following him around, and he, he could tell. It was early on. It was, it was early on enough that, that he wasn't even quite sure it was happening yet. And uh, he wa- the guy was following him around, so he led him into a, some kind of a Salvation Army or a, um, something like that. And, and then and the guy followed him out, and so Damien went into like a 7-Eleven and got a big Slurpee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then in the middle of the street, the guy's like just a few feet behind him. Damien turns around and pours the entire, just splashes the entire slurping into the guy's face and then calls him, uh, a, a homophobic word that would normally <laughs> piss <laughs> off any, uh, straight white male in the Marines. Right. And the, the guy didn't react at all. Didn't do yeah. anything. Just stared at him. Now that in the real world that doesn't happen. There would be some sort of reaction. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, and the guy didn't. Yeah. He just acted yeah. like a robot. Okay. Did he, did he say his name is Damien? Oh yeah, that's Dion's real name. Okay. He uses yeah, yeah, a yeah. fake name in the book, but yeah. Okay, gotcha. That was a little confusing. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true though. If you put a throw a slushy on a dude and call, call him a faggot, yeah, he's gonna be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. Yeah. He's not just going to stare at you. No, he's not. Right. He's going to do something. And that clip, by the way, is from the radio show, Where Did the Road Go? Where Did the Road Go Radio? So I, I recommend right. that. And I recommend listening to this three-hour interview. So oh, goddamn. If you want to fill in more blanks or buy the book. It's a damn good book. Yeah. So the next incident that I want us to hear about is the food fight incident. See, I like that Dion, Damien, Dion for simplicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of his approaches to dealing with shit is to just, like, throw food on people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because a slush on someone's head is also could be a food fight incident. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a good... You work with what you got, you know? hmm So, this is just, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, 
shit changed very quickly. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's just people being weird around him all the time. So this is just like, this is very shortly after Mm -hmm. the initial incident, right? Word. And this entire, the timeline of all of the events in the book, by the way, are eight months. Okay. Yeah. Word. That's good to know. Uh, soon then, then there was the, the case of the, of the food fight, uh, where, uh, Damien was in his kitchen making lunch, uh, and there's two jarheads right outside his window talking to each other about Damien. So Damien starts putting in like, uh, like spaghetti and pasta, and then he just starts throwing in like baking soda and jello and peanut butter, and he's mixing it all together, putting... He mixes it all together in this weird sticky goo and then runs outside and throws the pot uh, of goo over the fence. And it hits both of these jarhead guys on the head and they're covered in this weird goo. And they just go running off into the parking lot of like the bonds that was next door, uh, which is later on uh, actually led to the only moment where Lita Johnson actually admitted that they were watching him because uh, Damien got it in. Yeah, I'll tell you about that. Okay. So, yeah, what do we think about the the food fight? I mean, I think it's clever. I think it's uh, resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. I like Got it. some stuff in your pantry to clear out. Like, this is expired. Let's just get rid yeah. of this. Makes a little of this. So, the harassment is continuing and it's escalating. And Dion thinks, you know what? I'm just going to fucking call Lita. I'm going to try to make some sort of agreement, right? Yeah. But to his surprise, Lita called him first and requested to meet at a nearby cafe. So Dion hatches a plan, right? That's so weird. And he pitches his plan to Rob. Yeah, it is weird that she called him and asked to meet him. Like, for what? Right. They keep, like, they really want these goggles back. They keep pressing him about the goggles, the goggles, the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. So Dion has a plan. He's going to try and track down the goggles to prove his detective skills. Oh, no. He's he's already got a lead on the Hells Angel. Oh, no. He knows that Lee was hanging out with them. And this way, NCIS would get off of his neck and maybe even give him a job. <laughs> you know, he's like, I've got the expertise. I've got the skills. I could do it. He's definitely on meth, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Rob is like, that's the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... <laughs> It, and it I is. Love these guys. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, because what if, what if they already know that he doesn't have the glasses? Like, so here's, here's what Rob thinks here. I will. Do you want to say what Rob sure. thinks? Maybe they're spying on you because they have a certain amount of money they have to spend every year in order to help stave off international terrorism. But unfortunately, there's no one to fucking spy on. So they have to pick someone who kind of fits the profile, at least a little bit, enough to justify the expense, but not enough so they have to do any real work. So they decide to pick on someone who stumbled into their hands one day and pissed them off. And that happened to be your sorry, stupid ass. That is quite insightful. (laughs) Like, is it possible that... They just don't fucking like Dion because he's a scummy drug addict. And they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, that's entirely possible. (laughs) He was so uncooperative. And like, so that's that's one of Rob's thoughts percolating in his mind is, you know, uh, don't even bring up the glasses. They're just fucking with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They, They know you don't have anything. They're just bothering you. So Dion gets to the cafe. And Lita's there with some fat older man that she introduces as her superior. Yeah. And they buy him some juice and a bagel, which <laughs> later they're like, enjoy your breakfast paid for with the taxpayer's money. Oh, shut the fuck yeah. up. 
Um, Fuck you, Meryl Streep. Yeah, so Lita's like starts complaining about how oh yeah i've lived in pacific beach my entire life and i'm so disgusted by the criminals taking over everything and dion agrees with her he's like yeah this town is getting fucking out of control because he's thinking about the shit happening to him yeah yeah he's like we need to get these scumbags off the street but like (laughs) she's talking about him yeah 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 She's telling him why she's fucking with him. Right. (laughs) So after some more talking, Dion just asks, are you following me? Can you stop following me? And Lita's boss goes, oh, I can assure you, Mr. Fuller, no law enforcement agency is following you. Like no law enforcement agency is following you. What if they're hiring someone from private corporations or hiring, you know. Also, military isn't law enforcement. Right. So... There's some tricky wordplay there. Central intelligence isn't law enforcement. Yeah. And then when Dion brings up the food fight thing, Lita sort of cracks. And she's like, you know, I have to admit that was pretty funny. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. These pieces of shit. So now it's like, who's fucking in on it? Now Rob's also starting to get paranoid. Everybody's getting paranoid. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, like, that's like, I don't, man. They're just, they're fucking with them. Like, even if they didn't know what he was talking about when he brings up the incident to just respond, oh yeah, that was pretty funny. That's enough to fucking crack someone anyway. Right. Like it's possible that not every single incident that Dion reports is real, but it's enough that a few of them are so that he starts to think that it's happening. And then you start noticing patterns and then you can drive yourself crazy from that point on. Oh, definitely. You You just need a little push down the slide and and then you're. Yeah. That's yeah. what these fucking people do. Right? Like, I mean, if this story of them meeting at this cafe is real, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. They, oh, and they get into, like, a big fight after that, too, like, where they're yelling at each other. I'm surprised they didn't throw pancakes on them right down there. Yeah. Bottle Aunt Jemima on the head. Yeah. All right. So our boy Rob Guffey, old Robbie Guffey, he's he's starting to get paranoid too. Bobby after, Guff. Yeah. <laughs> after all, he's the first dude that Dion talks with after getting out of jail. You know, that makes him yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If they do suspect Dion of of, of anything, then they're gonna sell the night vision goggles. Who he's contacting. Absolutely. Right. So <laughs> Rob gets into a minor confrontation with a man holding the door open for him at a Mexican restaurant. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, he had gotten a to-go order of enchiladas. Uh, enchiladas are brought up twice in this book. Enchiladas are great. Yeah, it made me want them. It's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when he his order is ready, the person calls out, Robert, you know? So this guy's holding the door open for him, says, have a nice day, Robert. <laughs> He's like, how the fuck do you know my name? Gets all freaked out. And then he's like, damn, like, I really scared that man. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm out of control. But then. Deep paranoia. But then on the walk home, enchiladas in tow. Yeah. Some drunk dude emerges from the bar and stumbles into Robert, starts bombarding him with questions. Huh. He introduces himself as Chuck. 
He first asked, do you have any spare change? And then he's like, oh, didn't you go to Torrance High? Are you still in contact with anyone? What's your phone number? Do you watch porn? Do you ever masturbate to porn? Do you do drugs? Could you call my grandmother from this payphone and pretend to be my old high school teacher and plead with her to let me move back into my old room and convince her? Wait, 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 what? (laughs) Slow the fuck down. Yeah, so Chuck is just, he stumbles out and Robert's like, whoa. And it just happens just like that? Yeah. Just this fire hose of... Right? Okay. So he's like, sure, I'll call your grandma. <laughs> Don't call his grandma. <laughs> he just wants to see where it all leads. Yeah. And so this guy's insisting, like, we went to the same high school, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't remember ever seeing him. So he comes um, out, he's like, oh, how are you, Robert? Yeah. Hey, like, what's your name, yeah, so he started reminiscing about the teachers, but never added any details of his own. He would just sort of like nod and agree to what. Oh yeah, to what Robert was saying. I. Oh. He asked him to like come get a drink with him, basically begging Robert to like come get a drink. There's um, there's a end quote ex CIA agent who like does the podcast circuit and shit Mike something mm. he's like he's like a he's a talking head on like news channels and shit right yeah they, they pull him in he's like ex-CIA but I noticed this dude that dude fucking does that that um, oh yeah that totally engaged in conversation with you talking about a thing making it feel like he's giving stuff to the conversation but he's only letting you yeah give the information I'd like that that I picked up on that, like, listening mm-hmm. to that dude talk, and it's fun. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So Chuck, the drunk dude, is like, please, you know, let me buy you a drink, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then he also, he keeps asking Robert for his phone number. So Robert's just like, oh, fuck it. And he, he gives Chuck uh, Dion's old high school girlfriend's number, <laughs> Wanda. Hell so yeah. the drunk dude looks at the scrap of paper with Dion's ex-girlfriend's phone number on it. Yeah. And is like... Is this really your number? Whoa. Weird, right? Sloppy. Yeah. That's, oh, that's so creepy. And then uh, he dropped to his knees and started puking, (laughs) calling out for help. What the fuck? And then Robert's thinking, what kind of trap is this? Yeah. Walks away as the man laps into convulsions. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So who knows what happened there? If that dude, if that's just... A fucking a fucking CIA spook. That's some some Navy spy. Some somebody. I don't know who they're working for. Who's that? That's just part of his act. He's committed he just, to the act. He's totally committed to the. Oh shit! He's on to me. I slipped up with that question about is it, is this your real number? Oh fuck! Yeah, Better act. I have, yeah. I got to pull out that he's got like a tube up his arm of like chili (laughs) (laughs) that he uses to puke. Yeah. Like that Nathan for you episode. Oh my God. So another weird thing that happens to Robert. I know those community college acting classes wouldn't go to waste. (laughs) (laughs) Robert's meeting up with his friend who comes on the bus to like visit him for lunch. And when she gets off the bus, there's this other dude with her who she had apparently just met on the bus. Okay. He says he's a dock worker. Oh, great. But his hands are baby smooth. Mm. And this random dude, he offers to buy both of them lunch at a super fancy restaurant. And while they're standing and waiting to go inside, like his friend goes off to the bathroom, leaving him alone with the random dude. Yeah. And as soon as they're alone, random guy turns to Robert and is like, have you ever read Milton William Cooper? 
behold a pale horse and immediately oh, robert's thinking milton william cooper just yeah what? bill cooper bill cooper like what did you read a file right and prepare on weird conspiracy it's, bullshit that's bill cooper yeah nobody yeah. calls him milton william cooper and then he starts going down this line of questioning the random guy what do you think about conspiracies what do you think about President Bush? You think he's doing a good job? Yes. I think someone needs to take him out. What do you think? What the Have fuck? you ever read the protocols of the Elder of Zion? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, oh, this no. is surreal for Robert. He is distrustful of this man. He doesn't want to have lunch with this man, but he does anyway. And the whole time the conversation is just, like, so awkward. That's so fucking sketchy. Yeah. That's. <laughs> fuck that. Right. So now I have uh, a clip of yes. some, some other paranoia-inducing things that Robert experienced. Uh, so and that's just like one example. I mean, that's, that's one example I put in the book. There's been further things that have occurred since the book was published. Uh, for example, outside the room where I'm currently sitting talking to you, there is almost always someone outside in the car sitting there. And it'll be the same person for about six or seven days. Then they'll go away and a new person will come in a different vehicle. And then they'll sit there for like seven days. And uh, just to give you the most mundane example first, uh, I went outside with a bag of trash and I put it in the trash bin that's underneath my window. And I came back up here and then I realized, oh, I left one bag up here. So I grabbed the second bag and I go down. The guy who was constantly in the car across the street is now digging into the trash can into the bag that I just put in there. And he's pulling out all these like crumpled up pieces of paper that are in the trash bag. He <laughs> looks at me, puts the crumpled up pieces of paper back in the bag, then just walks back to his car and sits there. And I just threw the second bag in. I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. So wow. that's weird. Yeah. What if like, what if he just has, um, a neighbor that just gets like a new boyfriend every six or seven days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. that's really weird. That's really weird. That's really fucking weird. So Robert's getting sucked into the phenomenon and other weird and crazy shit is happening to Dion. Yeah. For example, he sees a bunch of vehicle track marks in the sand in the beach one night, but it's there. These tracks are appearing in the sand before his eyes with no vehicle present. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Huh. He's like following these in, these vehicle tracks, tracks yeah. that are appearing in the sand, but there's nothing there. <sighs> so he goes back the next night and he sees like a dozen or so bizarre robots walking in like these jerking leapfrog motions, almost like like the Boston Dynamics robots. If you've ever seen those, yeah, like moving like those across yeah. the sand, like they're testing them out on the beach or something. What the fuck? So, Wait. okay, I can totally believe that feds watch people from cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> spies exist. Right. Invisible Jeeps and beach bots. I can't just I can't just accept all that on faith. Right. So yeah. That's the thing is like we don't know how much of this is in Dion's mind, how much of it is really happening. We have no idea. Oh, right. This is happening to Dion. Yeah. I thought so this now, was happening to Robert. We're back. A yeah. liar. We're back into what, what Dion is reporting. Okay. So he might just be on meth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I honestly think that there might be. Dion's might be a mixed case. 
have some of the craziest his, and some of it has been induced onto him. What drugs does he do? Because I he keep saying meth. Heroin. Okay. He's done meth. Okay. And honestly, I get the vibe from the book that he's one of those people that just like does anything that's available to them. Oh, okay. poly user. Gotcha. He's 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 not going to turn down a good time. Yeah, but he's not into psychedelics at all. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. So also, whenever someone comes over to Dion's apartment, they're like, has it gotten bigger in here? The inside of his apartment looks way bigger than the outside. Also, the view out of one of the windows is like s- sort of psychedelic and different and d- different from the rest of the windows. View out the other windows, normal. This window, weird. What? Yeah. Wow. What? Just keep that in mind. Okay. He's also hearing random sequences of numbers after hanging up the phone. And like when the dial tone has gone dead, he'll just hear someone going, hold on one second. Please wait one second. Please wait one second. Please wait. Serial number eight, one, eight, six, four. What the fuck? And then it goes on and on. And then thank you. Nine, four. And then starts reeling off more numbers and then does it again and again and again. Okay. And in chapter nine of the Mothman prophecies. Uh, oh, yeah. John Keel mentions people whose phone conversations yeah. are interrupted by voices reeling off random numbers. Oh, fuck. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. It's a weird phenomenon there. It is. It is. He also reported that his neighbors moved out one by one and were replaced by pod people. Oh, I don't know about that one. It's also, <laughs> what, you know. <laughs> That's a fun one. Yeah. Fucking pod. Fucking people. pod people. But- They're gentrifying the neighborhood. but like i could totally believe that dion read mothman prophecies Mm -hmm. and that robert did too yeah robert did he definitely did yeah but like it's weird but it could still make sense yeah might have just crept in there you know Mm -hmm. so now let's talk about the idea of street theater i don't know if we talked about pod people enough yet though (laughs) what are pod pod people what are pod we we are are pod pod people people. We're, we're pod heroes yeah. What is a pod person? I've, I've never seen what the- a pod person movie, <laughs> but apparently like his neighbors moved out and they were replaced by people that weren't nice. Like maybe they weren't nice to you because you you're like sweating. Oh, that's a pod person. I'm okay, screaming awesome. about. Oh, the invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know my fiction either. I mean, also Dion doesn't know who to trust at this point in time. And like everybody is under suspicion. New neighbor, yeah. who are you? Yeah. You know? Fucking hey. <laughs> Definitely drive you insane. Yeah. So have you heard of the book Operation Mind Control? No. It's by a man named Walter Boart. He's one of the first people to write a book okay. basically about mind control I've heard experiments. The name Walter Boart. Yeah. So Robert gets in touch with Walter Boart because he's a one of the contacts that he's made through writing for Paranoia magazine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Walter Boart has been researching mind control for like I don't probably like 40 years at this point. God damn. Um but he yeah, he died in 2007. Um <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm reading as I'm yeah, talking. Yeah. Walter's adventures in the 1960s trying to prevent LSD from being made illegal by U.S. Congress. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Go, Walter. Fuck so, yeah. <laughs> Walter forwards Robert this article called All About Street Theater, which Street is a term theater. that he had never heard before. Okay. And this is a, a term that I've heard, but and it's kind of interchangeable with like gang stalking, but it's one of the things that gang stalkers are said to do. Is gang it, stalking being the phenomenon that Dion is experiencing. Yeah, thinking that you're being shadowed by people and stuff. Is is street theater people acting out daily lives? Yeah, so okay. it's an activity performed by the people that are complicit in the harassment. Gotcha, gotcha. And they're doing like these little skits. So this is opposed to direct bodily attacks, like with EMF weapons or with directed energy weapons, sure. stuff like that. Instead, we're just sending out people to sort of imitate normal living, but do little things in such a way that the target and only the target knows that they're being harassed. Oh, okay. Stuff. That shit. Stuff like, okay, here's, here's some examples. Real schizo shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like on foot, far more often than a normal life, there's going to be people cutting you off in the store or in lines, like people getting in your face as you walk, people walking into you. Cars speeding up ahead. Wait, that's just stuff that happens. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just some shit on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. Cars behaving in ways that block you. <laughs> like, people are just assholes. Driving sucks sometimes. Yeah. Well away from home, you find things that you did... Well away from home, dirt or food droppings appear in your house or apartment where you know you did not leave them. That's a rat. your belongings turn up missing and you know for certain they were there when you left you're drunk yeah or you could be being robbed i don't know i don't know okay so here's a story from this week right okay so we have uh my mom inherited a condo in florida sure and we have a tenant staying there right now gotcha who recently wrote us an email talking about how she thinks that there's might be a creepy stalker in the shadows lurking Mm. and watching her and how her shoes were moved from where she placed them in front of the door and of course my first thought (laughs) Upon looking into all of this gang stalking shit is, right. oh, this woman's a little and She's crazy. about to, she's going off the deep end. Um, but then we found out that, no, our our caretaker had in fact knocked many times, yelled out, ah. thought that no one was there, opened the door, moving her shoes, shoes, noticed that they were there, and then closed the door again. Right on. But that mere action of him opening the door yeah. and moving her shoes, this email was terrified. She was scared. Yeah. She was like, There's a creepy stalker lurking in the shadows. I don't feel safe. Oh, I'm going man. somewhere else. Like, okay. So shit. it shows you that it really doesn't take much to like push someone into a paranoid territory. So if you wanted to fuck with someone, a really great way of doing it would be to just move their stuff a little bit. Right. You know? Yeah. I know I didn't put that there, especially if they live alone. You know, it's like there's only so many things that can be accounted for by like your cat or something. Sure. And it's also, I mean, it doesn't even, even if, even if you did have people rifling through your shit when you weren't there, they could just be sloppy. Right. Like they're just, they might not be intentionally telling you. In fact, I highly doubt they would be. Yeah. Oh, I like this example. Um, people <laughs> reaching into your shopping cart at the grocery store to remove items. <laughs> like just remove one item. Just make you have to go back for another Hold on. trip. That one? I'd believe that one. Yeah. No one fucking does that. <laughs> I, I am a I am a nonviolent human being. 
Like, that's really rude. But I will punch you in the fucking face if you take something out of my shopping cart. <laughs> I swear to God, don't you dare. Yeah. That would, I'd lose it. That's the best example on this list. It's the only example on that yeah. list. Um, if someone does that to you, you are being gang stalked. Yeah. They are performing street theater. There's no doubt you should run. And that is genuine advice. Or you're on like impractical jokers. Oh, yeah. Or like some prank show. Yeah, Sal Volcano could be hiding around the, the river bend. So actually, that's way more likely. Right. There's like there's, there's probably a bunch of those. Oh my god! One time I be a YouTuber. Yeah. Streamer. One time I thought that I was on the ABC show. What would you do? Which stages situations in public <laughs> places to see how the public would react? Oh yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> I was just in an odd scenario. Whoa, I was in was a cafe on? in Boston. And, um, this man was not jerking off, but he kept looking at porn. He just like had it open on his laptop <laughs> and the, the person just told him like, can you please close that? And he was like, I have the freedom to look at nudity. I have the freedom to watch pornography. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know why that would be an ABC. What would you do segment? That would be any other show but that. <laughs> like it wouldn't. <laughs> Of course, they're not testing out like who would speak up to enable this. Like, who's going to step in to make sure that this man can watch porn Why in, in this cafe? Think, like, punked or impractical jokers. I don't know. I just thought, like, this is weird, man. Because it was because well, it's not a great joke either. No. So you thought it'd be like they're, they're going for lowest common denominator, but still trying to be edgy with it. I just thought it was like a weird hill for someone to die on. Like, it just go home. Is. Yeah, like, that's what they. That's, yeah it's off on like the confrontation or something oh yeah that is the whole act yeah it's the whole thing wow yeah so dion starts complaining about hearing high-pitched noises he's getting horrible migraines random vomiting attacks and robert discovers that there is a company specializing in high intensity directed acoustics just 16 miles from dion's apartment it's called american technology corporation (laughs) sure American Technology Corporation. This is a real yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, there's yeah. <laughs> and so the owner of it is this guy Woody Norris who is a fucking character and he says that Woody Norris? Woody Norris. From the American Technology Corporation? Mhm. Fine. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> High intensity directed acoustics can instantaneously cause loss of equilibrium, vomiting, migraines. Oh. Really, we can pretty much pick our ailment. We've delivered a couple of dozen units so far, but we're hoping to have a lot more out by June. Nah. We're talking millions. Nah, that's just crickets. Yeah. This is that's just a box of crickets at the American Technology Corporation. What the fuck? That's wild. Yeah. That's insane. Like there's a New York Times article where the reporter um, lets himself be subjected to it. And yeah. he's like blown away by how much it hurts. Sure. And the man is like, oh, you think that was bad? That was nothing. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, looking up that shit when I did the Havana syndrome stuff like that's That's real as shit. Yeah. I mean, they're like they fucking riot police use sonic cannons on protesters. Now, like that happens now. Yep. That's a fucking thing. Um, yeah, and they're serious shit. So that's nearby. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And now it's it's clear what Dion has to do, right? He has to escape from San Diego. But can he escape his stalkers? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
What the fuck is this? Okay, no, listen. That's enough of that. Uh, Okay, I gotta say something about that. This is, okay. (laughs) So, it's the, this is just, this is some more, this is some more old man in a chair advice to people out there. Don't literal, if you're covering a song, if you're covering a song, are you musicians out there? Don't literalize the underlying emotion in a theme in which it's juxtaposed against different. <laughs> it's like uh, so lame, dude. Uh, like, uh, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Have some, have some, have some fucking class. Well, they're watching him. <laughs> they're watching Dion, and Dion's about to make his great escape. So he meets this beachcomber who's selling a van that he really wants to purchase, but he lost his wallet because you know Dion's gonna Dion. California sounds fun. It does. (laughs) You know, this van is going to be his chariot to a new life. And being the great friend that he is, Robert decides that he's going to wire Dion the money to purchase the van. You know, maybe if he gets out of town, this will all just stop. And like, Dion's pissing blood at this point. It's not good. Oh, no. (laughs) It's really, it's not good. Oh, my. So, (laughs) but getting the money wired over is proving to be more difficult than Robert thought it would be. Let's hear a little bit more about the the van ordeal. Okay, yeah. He's pissing blood, you say? Yeah. He should drink some water, get some rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Stop doing drugs. That's a good idea. Might help all of it. Uh, and, and so, uh, I don't know if you've ever sent some, someone money through Western union, but, uh, you have to give a, a password right. that the other person, the receiver will give to the clerk. And then that proves that they're the one who is supposed to receive the money. So the, the, the password I made up is pornographic in nature. So I can't say what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I knew that uh, it was sort of an in-joke between me and, and Damien. Right. Uh, so I, I call Damien to give him the password and tell him I just wired him this money. So I do that, and Damien's surprised and grateful. Uh, and I say, well, let me give you the password. He goes, no, 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 don't give him the password right now, because he's concerned that if I say it over the phone, because obviously they're listening to the phone calls, that someone will go and take the money in his place before right. he can get there. So he goes, let me pack everything up first. And then in a couple of hours, I'll call you back and you give me the password. I, okay. So and like two hours later, he calls back and I say, okay, the password is the phone goes dead. <laughs> and I, I call him back. The, the password is the phone goes dead. That happened like six, seven, eight times, you know? And then suddenly I realized something that was unique for when you're placing a cluck phone call. If you've ever placed a cluck phone call to someone, there's a moment where the operator is talking to the other person saying, will you accept the, 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 the phone call right. where you can both hear each other. And so I, I placed a collect phone call to Damien. He picked up the phone. And while she was saying, uh, will, will, you collect, will you accept the charges? I yelled out a hint as to what the password was. Mm-hmm. And I heard Damien laugh for half a second, so I knew he, he understood it. And then the phone went dead. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so, so do you want to know what the hint was? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what he called out while he could? Yeah. Uh, the Mexican guy with a 13-inch dick. <laughs> yeah. It's a great password. Yeah, apparently this guy was also, he was always complaining about his dick too. Like he was sad about how big it was because it made things like more difficult for him. He's a real guy? Yeah, his name was Chino. Hell yeah. So, yep. How's he doing? 
<laughs> I have no idea. He's got a 13 inch. Does he make it out of the story? Okay. That's the first and last mention of Gino. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing fine. So he gets the password. Brilliant password. Brilliant hint. Yep. <laughs> and so on the way out of town, Dion stops at his ex-girlfriend Jessica's apartment, the one who he caught cheating on him, because, you know, he, he's he got this cat. Oh, no. This cat that they had bought together. And over the last few months, it had also gotten more sickly and lost a lot of weight, just like Dion, because the cat, of course, was being gang-stalked by the cat version of NCIS. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But Jessica's not home. So he's like, fuck it. I guess I'll bring the cat with me. And the cat, of course, jumps out of the van at the soonest opportunity, oh. which leaves Dion so heartbroken. Like, oh he, my God. this loss is just one more fucking arrow through his heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This poor fucker, man. He needs to. Whoa, he needs help. Yeah. He's calling Robert. He's like, do you think the cat's OK? Robert's like, uh, yeah, I'm sure someone found it. He's thinking Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. in the desert. No, no. Yeah. And also while Dion's driving across the country, he calls up Robert to be like, I need you to tell me where all the military bases are in the country so I can avoid them. Turns out not really possible. There's one yeah. pretty much near everywhere. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're not going to do that. Take my highways and shit. No way. Um, why isn't Robert getting his friends some fucking help? This is all he can do from a distance. Yeah, also, I guess like, so. Yeah, they're not in the same town. Yeah, they're not in the same town. Robert's got his own life, his right, own issues. Right, right. He's had Dion live with him before. Not a fun experience. Right. Yeah. He know like at this point they're he bought adults. him a van. They're, yeah. That's about the most he can do. Is like at a hey. certain at a certain point. Yeah. You drive him to a rehab clinic, but like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, if he wants to run from the feds, actually, and that'd be a horrible thing to do to someone if they thought they were being gang stalked. Right. Right. Like, you, yeah. I think yeah. he's actually he's being a good friend by, you know, he's being as supportive as someone could be in this situation. Sure. Like, OK, I'll he hear also, you out. I'm here for you. They're joking about, you know, they have this running joke about the invisible dwarves, by the way. Right. Right. Thing <laughs> like Dion is pretty sure that when he looks in mirrors, he can see sort of this odd glimmering outline of oh. what he thinks are tiny invisible men. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> invisible dwarves. Right. Has he seen any more invisible jeeps? No. Okay. On the beach was the only time. <laughs> so, like something weird did happen to him, but god damn. Okay. Pookie. What's this? Great United States. Oh my. Yeah. A great adventure. Yes. So what you just heard was um Pookie the Lion yeah. doing some scatting for soupy sales. Sure. It's a it's an old TV show, old children's TV show, and his puppets 
Yeah. You can you can say those words to tell me what I just saw, but it doesn't explain <laughs> what I just saw. So Dion stops off in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. And he runs into Hunt Sales, who's punk rock legend and son of Soupy Sales. Oh. Right? Yeah. So they just stand in the parking lot from midnight to 2 a.m. They're talking. He tells Hunt Sales the entire story. And Hunt is like, bro, you need to go to Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> from Austin. Oh. Dion drives over to Arkansas. <laughs> okay, now we're there. And now he's an indentured servant to some sadomasochistic gay priest. Wait. That's all we know about that. Are you serious? Yeah, now we're in New Orleans and we're looking for our ex-girlfriend oh no but we can't find her because we get arrested for public intoxication before we can ever get to her place thank god because she that wouldn't have been a good time for her (laughs) (laughs) so now he's in a random bathroom in minnesota and there's a dude washing his hands next to dion and this guy is really creepy he looks over at dion and he's like just give them their stuff back and this will all end oh no yeah now, there's also like little flying saucer drone type things in the air that are following Dion across the country, by the way. By, by the way. By the way. <laughs> and I'm imagining like Robert just hears, that's all Robert knows. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in Arkansas and it was indentured servant to him. What was, what you, what? How? A sadomasochistic gay priest. In Arkansas. I want to know more. I, yeah. Well. I don't know. There's probably a lot of drugs involved there. There's a lot of drugs. Sounds like a lot of lot of drugs. Let me tell you, there's a lot of drugs all across these great United States. Yeah. So Dion actually experiences three months of absolute peace in Winona, Kansas, population of 162. Oh my. Because like literally everyone there owns a gun. So there's no way that these military spooks are gonna come disrupt things without being noticed by the locals. Yep, yep. And it's actually too peaceful for Dion, though. He's bored. Bro. Yeah. Okay. So he's got to take his van over to Washington State, and he loses touch with Robert for, like, an entire year. <laughs> right. You know, I've, I've kept some rough company. Yeah, we all have a Dion in our lives. Well, no, we don't all, but we we've known a Dion. We all have a a Dion demon in us. Yeah, that's hopefully true. we don't let it take over. Mm-mm. But you've 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 probably seen your friends, some friends after they've been communing with the the spirit of Dion for a bit. You can just you can just see them driving with that fucking lion singing in there. Yeah, and demon, demon, demon. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's too peaceful here. You better get in that car. Yeah. Yeah, drive for six days straight. Mark and Tim, I'm looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's 2005. Dion calls Rob up out of the blue because he just stumbled upon a website describing a form of invisibility technology invented by a a dude named Richard Schoengert. So we're going to talk about Dick for a little bit. Schoengert? Schoengert. 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 <laughs> Dick Schoengirth. Schoengirth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're adults. Yeah. Talk about Dick. Yeah. 
What she doing tonight? Why, I wish why I could be a fly on your wall. Are you fucking playing? Right. It's very relevant. Why can't I breathe you into my lives? What would it Anyone sues it, it's if gonna be him. If I was invisible, he would never. He might. He needs money. He needs money. He's got that sweet American Idol money. <laughs> if I was invisible, what a creepy song, though. It is. It certainly is. I wish I could creepy. be a fly on your wall. That's not. No, nah, that's not cool, man. Yeah. That's not. That's not right. Are buddy. you really alone? That's stealing your dreams. That's fucked up. I wish I could breathe you into my life. That's no good. Yeah. That's a weird song. I don't like that. It is a weird song, it makes but it's me, perfect for this. It makes me because start gonna, to think that we're talking that about the invisibility same, technology. The same shadowy government entities that produce pop music like fucking Clay Aiken robots might have mm -hmm. just few enough moral scruples to do all this to poor Dion. <laughs> okay. So Richard, Richard Schoengert. Sure. His career as a professional engineer spanned over six decades. Beginning in the early 1960s, Richard was responsible for a number of innovations in the field of electromagnetics while working under the auspices of the U.S. military at installations such as the Navy Metrology Engineering Center. Metrology? Metrology. Me not meteorology? Metrology. Metrology. What is that? He worked for a ton of different shit. He has a very impressive... Resume, actually. The science of measurement, embracing both experimental and theoretical determinations at any level of uncertainty in any field of science and technology. Makes sense for a Freemason. <coughs> oh, my God. To be obsessed with measurements. Oh, yo, dude, measurements are... There's a whole thing with... I can't get... Yeah. The concept of measurement gets very weird very quickly if yep. you know where to look. Yeah, so... In 1964, he was promoted to guided missile branch head at the U.S. Naval Station in Seal Beach, California. Fantastic. Where Richard supervised 25 engineers and technicians in two operating divisions, radio frequency and microwave and infrared and optical. He was instrumental in developing the first digital voltmeters and pioneered a concept for closed loop testing of guided missiles that reduced the need for excessive missile firings on a test range. He was part of the world premier electronic warfare society and a smart fucking dude. <laughs> he was also a proud 33rd degree Mason. Yes, that's okay. right. He frequently delivered lectures to various Southern California Masonic lodges about esoteric topics like the relationship of Kabbalah to the DOD acquisition cycle, ancient esoteric philosophy as the root of modern creative systems. What the fuck? Don't do this to me. He discussed how Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, and other metaphysical strains of thought profoundly impacted his many scientific endeavors from the early 1950s and onward. 
Oh, God. In 1987, Richard began his breakthrough private experiments with electro-optical camouflage, but it wasn't until 1993 that he launched Project Camellio, a revolutionary attempt to develop fully operational electro-optical camouflage to be used by United States soldiers in battlefields. I can feel the walls closing in. Doesn't it feel a bit more real now? Shh, yes. If this dude is, is this dude real? Yeah. Holy shit. He also passed away. But he's like a real legit dude who actually like, I, I want to know the relationship of Kabbalah to the DOD acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I could probably backwards engineer it, but like the fact that. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'd have to do a lot of drugs too if I was being bombarded by these wizards. Mm. So before we talk about his project Camellio, I found a court case from 1991 that tells us a bit more about old Dickie Shower. Um, <laughs> Dickie Show and Girth? Yeah. Dickie Shower. Dickie Swingin' Dick. <laughs> well, so this, the court case was, let me see, I don't know what it's officially, it's like Richard Show and Girth versus like a bunch of fucking people from the military. Word. What you doing tonight? I wish I could be a fly on your wall. Richard Neal Schauengert versus United States of America, Department of the Navy, John F. Lehman Jr., Secretary of the Navy, General Dynamics Corporation. Richard a bunch S. of other bunch names. Of, yeah. bunch of other names. But yeah, so um, finding this, I was like, what the fuck is this court case about? And I will tell you. Yes. Okay. So it says, at the time of the events giving rise to this action... Schoengert was employed by the Navy as a civilian engineer to work on a secret weapons project for which he had secret security classification, which, you know, yeah, he's the chief warrant officer in the Naval Reserve. He's assigned to a missile test center. Yeah. The plant that he works at is owned by the Navy, but operated by General Dynamics Corporation. Okay. And they provide security for the plant. Yeah. And there's extensive security taken because, uh, duh. And that includes frequent scheduled and random searches of workspaces. So, on August 9th, 1982, Charles Kessel, security investigator for General Dynamics, searched Schoengert's office because he had received an anonymous tip stating that Schoengert's office contained material of interest to the security department. And yes, Kessel's search was confined to... <laughs> To the credenza in Schoengert's office. What a fancy word for, like, I, a table. I keep all my secret a, documents in my credenza. Yeah. Don't keep any of your secret documents in your credenza. It's the or first place. Or in your workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it was planted there. But, yeah, this anonymous tip said that's where you're going to find it, and it was found. There was a manila envelope in the credenza that stated strictly personal and private in the event of my death Please destroy this material. I do not want my grieving widow to read it. Why would he even have this? Why would he own something that he's asking to be destroyed? And why would he keep it in his workspace? And why would someone else know about it? Right. And by the way, listener, that is not from the book Camellio. That is from a U.S. court case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) that's crazy. So the envelope, right, it's cont- it contains correspondence and photographs indicating Schoengert's involvement in heterosexual and bisexual activities. Also, it indicated that Schoengert had solicited sexual encounters through want ads and swingers magazines and clubs. Ooh, big deal. Dick Schoengert. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my that's God. That's exactly what's in the folder. Holy shit. Why do they care? Why do they care? Why do they care? Because it's illegal to what? be bisexual at this time and work they, in the military, I guess. But it's, it's an investigator for general dynamics. It's so fucking stupid. They've got to have... <sighs> so during work hours the next day, when Schoengert was absent, his office was again searched without his consent. Okay. And that search was conducted by Kessel and also this other special agent. So there's there's more guys coming into it. And this is so stupid. They concluded, based on the envelope, that Schoengert fit the profile of a person susceptible to blackmail by hostile intelligence oh, and yeah. began an investigation on whether or not he was a security risk. Right. So they go and search his home, after which they conclude that... Like, no, there's no evidence that he's a security risk. No, he's not, hasn't been contacted by any hostile agents. He's not the target of blackmail because I mean, right. I mean, they, but they, they do that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They do that shit. Yeah. Right. But like, did he put that envelope there or was it planted? Like who, whose fucking envelope is that? I think that was just his envelope. Why would he have that? People do weird shit. I don't know. People make sex tapes of themselves. You yeah, know? it's just like, so weird to like that he would people have own that. sex photos now. It's just like on their phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was like a folder full of photographs of him and like wanted ads. It's more like a photo or it's more like a folder of stuff that someone would be using to blackmail him. Like if I found that, I would think I mean, that sure, this actually, was someone yeah. blackmailing him. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't think that the stuff belonged to the guy. I would think that someone had compiled it as like a folder of incriminating evidence against him. Okay. It says here, Schoengert contested the charge pertaining he was not a bisexual. He denied describing himself. Yeah, he was like, it was just fan fiction. Yeah, he was. He literally said it was fantasy fiction. Wow. He Yeah. Honorably discharged. Then he brings action against the u.s i mean right. also well, to me, okay. it, it seems like they wanted to fuck him over somehow yeah so from there because he he's not working there anymore he obtains employment with a private military contractor after this so right. he has to have his security clearance and everything like transferred over but in the process of transferring uh the agency responsible for like monitoring the security clearances inquired to the navy you know, is there anything in his file that would reflect adversely against him? And of course, they provided the report of this whole weird folder thing. And after that, he's basically just doing research with this other guy, Lev Berger, and he's working on his project Camellio and yeah. he's pitching these things to the military, but he never gets enough funds to actually like make it himself, but he does have the patent and he has the plans and so on and so forth. Weird. <sighs> so that's just a big old question mark, weird thing that we just had to talk about. Yeah. Um, this court case, like it was the, the court or the district court sided with the Navy, with the DOD. They're like, ah, was that work? Yeah. Fuck you. Because she was like, you can't search my credenza like that. You know, mm -hmm. it was an invasion of my privacy. And they're like, it was work related. Like, that's part of the deal. So, fuck yeah. you. And then he appealed that. And yeah, it's a whole big weird, it's a weird thing. Very weird. Okay. Not sure what to make of that. 
And, you know, if he is a closeted bi man, of course, he's the guy who made the technology for an invisibility cloak. It just makes so much sense. You know, that's far too plotty. (laughs) (laughs) It's too perfect. That way he'll never be caught again. Right. But he won't be able to take nice pictures of himself either. (laughs) It's true, too. Seems to be a problem. Right. So. Yeah, in 1994, that's when Gert, uh secures a patent titled Cloaking Using Optoelectronically Controlled Camouflage. And then later on, he teams up with an associate in Hemet, California, who's a physicist, Dr. Lev Berger, who's a very real, very legitimate, very smart dude. Okay. And they perform tests and simulations involving the Camellio technology. The Navy and a corporation in San Francisco called the Science Applications International Corporation, a.k.a. SAIC. Navy and Mm. SAIC come down to the lab to investigate this fully functional invisibility technology that could work, you know, if we had the funds to... Yeah, yeah. And they basically, you know, take pictures or do whatever. They look at all the materials, compile materials, and then they never call him back. (laughs) And Schoengert talks about how he suspects that the military had in fact you know not they didn't legally steal anything but they're using his technology they take they take it back to the office they show it to the fucking half cyborg dr strangelove they got the last it's all the it's all the nazis the remnants of all the nazis from project paperclip fused together in this robotic monstrosity and they're like backwards engineer this for me won't you klaus right and they does so so the Schoengert guy, right? He's doing a presentation one time at the Military Sensing Symposium in Charleston. Yes. And while he's doing his presentation, one of the moderators approaches him to let him know that he was revealing top secret information. And he was like, really? It, what? Because he, he was making remarks about this thing called the Future Soldier Program, who had stated that they intended to develop a suit that would change and shift in a chameleon-like fashion fucking predator Predator be invisible yes they talk a a lot about that he does bring that up and how that movie like has yeah oh god (laughs) so the moderator didn't realize that this top secret information had in fact been declassified yeah but isn't that interesting because it makes you think like okay well then there must be some declassified stuff that it is real you know yeah you don't have to be suspicious of all of it. But like it probably whatever it probably says, like, oh, we tried it. It doesn't work. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. OK. So because they were fellow brothers in Freemasonry, you know, uh, Richard Schoenberg oh, right. is a Freemason. Right, right, right. And so is and Rob. And so is Robert. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't any problems when Robert reached out to old Dickie boy and asked to interview him. I mean, fuck, they were actually members of the same Scottish Rite Lodge in Long Beach, so they must have met already but didn't know it. Is that not a massive synchronicity that this invisibility technology guy that Dion finds on the internet and then calls yeah, yeah, Rob yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, no. Like, they know each other? Okay, that... Weird. Yeah, like, it occurs to Rob that he's actually seen... Richard Schoengert lead a lot of rituals and ceremonies. So he's like, whoa, yeah. I'm well, okay. Well, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> if if Dion's okay, night vision goggles, right? Night vision goggles. Optics. Uh, night vision goggles are optics. Mm-hmm. 
optical shit using fucking seeing stuff that you, you to be the same department as com, fucking chameleon cloaks right oh yeah, yeah. now in fact Schoengert has a lot to say about some of what dion experienced well i was just gonna say just to about the synchronicity part oh yeah so if if you're in the part of california where the people making that shit if you're in a position to have stolen or have stolen night vision goggles dropped off of your house. You are in the part of the world where that happens. Yeah. If the dude responsible for it is a Mason and your buddy is a Mason, there's a fairly high chance, especially if they're in similar income brackets or like, you know, an English professor, a, a scientist who's been blackballed. Like they might have similar income ranges, you know, upper, lower middle class, maybe at this point. It's it, so it's, it's, it's not out of the realm Mm-hmm. Of possibility. Yeah. It Hell of a thing, though. Certainly makes you think. Yeah. So when Rob is like, hey, I'd love to meet up with you. Let's go out to lunch. And then after we'll go and we'll do an interview, whatever. Can I bring Dion along? Can I bring my friend along? He doesn't tell Richard about Dion yet. Right. Oh, <laughs> and so all he of just his shit. Him. He's just like, can I bring my friend with me? He's like, yeah, sure. So they Word. do this long interview, which is transcribed and in the book and is very interesting to read. And at first, you know, old Dickie show, he's skeptical of Dion's story until he brings up the bit about the mirrors and how the flashing lights and how it seems like these little flashing points of light. Like when you have a migraine aura, the stuff that you see, then you can look up what a migraine aura look like looks like, too. And Richard, like, leans forward in his chair when Dion's describing this and he's like. That's exactly what it looks like when the technology doesn't work properly. What? Yeah. And in fact, Schoengert theorizes that, you know what? SAIC could be behind the harassment. That's not out of the question. And he also confirms that, yes, there's technology absolutely to make a room look bigger on the inside than it is wait, on wait, the wait, outside. Wait, wait. And what there's and also why? technology to make things look weird as fuck outside of one window, particularly. Wait, 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 wait. That's stupid technology. That doesn't yeah. make sense. That does not make sense. I don't understand this shit. It's above me. But this man has a lot of credentials. <sighs> is he just having a goof him up? No. She doesn't just start playing along with the method? No. All right. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) I know. I have some more notes on SAIC. So Robert, he goes and he has lunch with this woman, Melinda Leslie, who's an alien abductee, who's been experiencing these military style commando abductions and that use interrogation techniques very similar to those used by private corporations like Blackwater, the company responsible for the illegal interrogation of suspected terrorists and concentration camp style prisons in the Middle East. Yeah. Most wars are just kind of fought by private companies now. Yeah. Fun fact. So upon telling Melinda that he thinks that this particular San Diego corporation might be the key to the whole mystery of the invisible dwarves without hesitation melinda goes oh was it saic because i've interviewed dozens and dozens of abductees who have been kidnapped and interrogated by government types and you wouldn't believe how many of those people are in some way connected to saic it comes up over and over again not just once or twice over and over again huh and that's one of the ones you don't hear about yeah you know never heard about it i'm gonna look at saic 
And by the way, the corporate headquarters for SAIC, it was eight miles from Dion's apartment, 13 minute drive. Science Applications International Corporation? Mm. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a government agency. Yeah. Providing government services to U.S. defense and war. Yeah. Yeah. Another private company. Okay. Yeah. I'd heard that name before. I I think I just assumed that it was like one of those like 16 other intelligence agencies that you don't hear about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Robert starts thinking that maybe some of these like celebrated and well-known about alien abduction cases were actually covers for illicit mind control experiments being conducted by various private yeah. groups funded by U.S. intelligence agencies. Mm. I don't know. Just a thought. Mm. Just an idea. <laughs> mm. So after the interview. It's what if. Yeah. What if there was a there was a way through electronic stimulation to to trigger the part of your brain that hallucinates um, that dreams. Yeah. While you're awake. Mm hmm. Maybe just make those two parts of the brain that aren't supposed to fire at the same time. Maybe make them fire at the same time, you know, by jiggling it around good. Yeah. I'm fucking maybe. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem too far-fetched. Yeah. Like, all right. So after the interview, uh, like right after it, Dion, Robert, and Robert's girlfriend, not the jealous poet. We got a new girl this oh, time. Good. And she's good. She's a good one. Oh, yeah. They wander over to this Native American burial ground that's on the edge of campus to talk oh, about great. what just happened. And any lingering doubts that Robert had about whether or not the U.S. government could ignore the Constitution and torture marginalized people was eliminated by the fact of where they were standing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, huh? Yeah. That's what he wrote. No, it's a good point. <laughs> it's a very fucking good point. Yeah. They don't give a shit about you. They don't. Like that that part's definitely not in question to me. Yeah. They have no scruples whatsoever. So like, sure, Dion could just be fucking nuts, and he is. But let's also say that the military or paramilitary team in San Diego is responsible for some brands of psychological terrorism. And they need experimental subjects, right? Yeah. Because they need to test their equipment in real time to see what the flaws are. And who better to do it with than, like, you know, bottom feeders and criminals and drug addicts? The, the we don't care about them. We'll, like Meryl you know, Streep said. They're so marginalized that nobody will care about their experiences or believe them. So we yeah. can test on them and it's perfect. Yeah. 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 But they never could have predicted that Dion would have a friend that had already researched government mind control. Right. And was a 32nd degree Freemason and was part of the same lodge as the scientist from whom they might have stolen the very technology that they were using on Dion. So... It's a hell of a thing. You know? Hell of a thing. Good to have a friend like Robert. They couldn't have predicted that. No. Like, <laughs> it's... Dion was a lucky man to have a friend like him. Yeah. It didn't matter because his life fell to shit anyway. Well, that was sort of expected. Expect- you know, and Robert at this point had already gone above and beyond his call of duty to help his friend. He, because he was embroiled in this weird paranoid shit too. He's like yeah. losing his sense of, it's like, I, I have a life to live. Right. You know? He's, he keeps trying and trying. Finally, he buys Dion a Greyhound bus ticket. Puts him on a bus to where his mother lives. And of course, the familiar pattern of being followed and stalked just continues. And we're left back where we began. Because how do you help someone like Dion? And can he even be helped? 
I, I mean, he's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like, should we live our lives in fear of, of the invisible eyes that could be on us? Or should we just keep jerking off anyway? <laughs> laughing at him, calling up our friends, making fun of him. Yeah. I don't know. I want to talk. I want to wrap this one up by talking more about the eight of pentacles. Cause yeah. it's an interesting card. Yeah, it is. It, it really is like, when you look at it, it's a guy doing a skill. He's like doing his little craftsmanship. He's yeah. working away. He's like, yeah. He's, and it makes me think about, Robert Guffey writing this book because he experienced this shit in 2003, 2004, but this book didn't come out until like 10 years later because he just sat okay, on so it. Okay, so this is pretty yeah. recent-ish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because he didn't know what to think about all this. Mm -hmm. He was fucking confused about all this shit. He didn't know. Yeah. It, it's like how John Keel, he sat on the Mothman prophecies for like- A lot of people a, do. Yeah, because yeah. you don't- after something like this happens to you, it's hard to know how to process it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you do with these high... And this is high strangeness in this story. I mean, yeah. It's like... Like, if you didn't know that it could just be like a <laughs> testing of military robots and you saw those fucking like Boston Dynamics... Um, but like, like, like fuck dog like things on the beach, just like leapfrogging and jerking around like they're in a stop motion movie, like... Also, maybe it is. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe it's that. I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know how good our fucking tech is. Do you know what I mean? Like, so many of this dude's stories are so fucking, we know some of them are at least drug induced psychosis. Yep. Like, I'll, I'll bet money on that. Oh, absolutely. Right? We can't, cannot rule that out by any means. That is definitely responsible for some, for some for at of least what some. you saw. Yeah. Yeah. But like, could be all of it. Okay. The room bigger stuff. The the bigger on the inside. The fucking TARDIS from Doctor Who. Like, what what is that? The mm -hmm. one window? Well, hold on. That doesn't make why would you need something like that? Like, I think you would need something like that. Maybe if you had like someone stationed outside of the apartment oh. listening in. Oh. Um, because then you wouldn't be able to see them outside if you had some sort of camouflage on yeah, it to okay. block out the car from being there or the person. Gotcha. I yeah, know. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes sense. But it's still like, that's some crazy ass tech. Mm -hmm. And like, hmm. the synchronicity with the Freemasons, this dude who's talked about all this fucking wacky esoteric shit, just yeah. being there, like, it's all very strange. Right? Uh, the Eight of Pentacles, I really see like, this is Robert's commitment to his friendship with Dion, but also his commitment to like his, his study of the weirdness. You know it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine how he felt like being sucked into this. And then like, you know, the guy at the bus who comes off and invites him to the okay. restaurant and shit, the yeah, guy yeah. going through his trash. Suddenly everything is through a different lens. Even if there's explanations for all of that, the spook just puking in the street. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Dude. And it like, okay, so the Eight of Pentacles is um, on the Tree of Life, the Sphere of Hode in the world of Earth. And Hode is like Mercury. It's the sphere of uh, the planet Mercury. So like communication, intellect, wiz wizard shit, mm -hmm. you know, gears, machinations, that type of stuff, battle planning. Yeah. That shit. Step by step, meticulous, dot in your I's, crossing your T's. In a in a material sense with the Eight of, eight of Pentacles. Um, right. And like, that's also like, the way you don't go fucking nuts mm -hmm. when you look into this shit. Like, 
the way Robert Guffey doesn't go fucking nuts by just yeah. being okay one day at a time. Let's do, let's let's uh huh. Let's just look into these this. cars. Let's see. Let's not go too all in with Dion here. Help mm-hmm. him out as much as we can. Uh, comfortable, safe, but yet still at yeah. risk and still plodding along. Still dipping a foot. Yeah. Yeah. But I really. It's also enjoyed, spycraft. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed this story. Oh yeah. Yeah, I want to read this book, dude. Mm-hmm. Very much. It's so. very easy to read too. He writes in like a light, humorous style. Yeah, yeah. Even though, like, it's kind of it's very scary to think about this stuff. I'm gonna look more into this, man, because this is just wild. Yeah. Well, we hope. Great you, thing you brought in. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Please do give us a rating. We would really love yeah, that. Yeah, it's the be- right now. It's the best way to help the show. Uh, rate and review us wherever you can. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please, yeah. please. Help us out more than it should. And follow us on all the terrible things rotting out the soul of society. Yeah, like Twitter. Yeah. I'm on there. I'm Willow Truman. I'm Me on too. Instagram too. Yep, I'm on I'm on both of them. You can find us, the show, The Nonsense Bazaar, or Nonsense Bazaar on Twitter, I think. Yep. I don't know why I didn't put the... Just uh, Nonsense there. Bazaar, yeah. no the. Tell your friends. Tell your... Tell, tell your pets. Tell your uh, agents hiding outside your window. Mm-hmm. Just in case they're out there, just holler at them. Say, yeah. listen to the Nonsense Bazaar. Yeah. And take care of yourselves. Be well. Yes. Take care. Don't worry. If they're... Let them watch you jerk off. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You'll learn to like it. <laughs> Peace out. Peace.